Chaitanya Charitamrita ki jai, Krishna's Kaviraj, Goswami Mahasaya ki jai, Silesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai. Go Pramanandi. Reading from Madhya chapter 3. At this point, Advaita Charja has convinced Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to accompany him to his residence in Shantipur, offering him some simple vegetable and a palm full of rice. He had been fasting for three days since taking sannyas, wandering in Radhadesh, and all this has been arranged by Nityananda Prabhu. Pratame Paka Kuriyachen Acharyani Vishnu Samarpan Kalila Acharyapani So first, the cooking was done. We were at the house of Advaita by Siddhartakurani Acharyani, the wife of the Acharya, Sita Devi. And Vishnu Samarpankala Acharya Upani. While she cooked, the offering was made by Advaita Acharya himself to the deity. So this is the system. Traditionally, the husband and the wife team serve the deity in the household. To speak of the household, arguably the most important deities in our Sampradaya, Gopinath, Govindaji, Manan Mohan, and for that matter, all the deities of the Goswamis, all the principal deities of Vrindavan, their worship was given over to householder disciples of the Goswamis. And one of the reasons for this is that the householders have obviously have a tendency to stay put. It's more difficult for them to move around. And it is the sannyasi's dharma to keep moving so that they don't become attached to any particular place and source of sustenance, realizing in the course of their wandering that God is maintaining them. And the deity worship should be continued, should not be interrupted, Otherwise, there's seva parad. And so, if the householders are given the charge of the deity, they're a pair, husband and wife. They can team up even if one is sick, the other can then fill in. And this way, it's not interrupted. So she cooked and Advaita Charge offered. And oftentimes, in this traditional context and the wife would do the assisting pujari, seva puja activities. So it was a very nice system. And as I say, all the Goswami's deities are taken care of. They were given to the householder devotees in charge of the seva puja and it's been handed down for generations. This is what makes the house an ashram, a place of spiritual culture, having the deity there. Prabhupada comments here that with regard to the householders, that it is their duty to offer prasad and then invite others to come and take. The householders are the like the belly of the social body. They are allowed to have money. They are allowed to have interaction between the sexes and 
really for the price of that interaction and their, to use their funds other than supporting themselves to support everyone else. Their funds turned into food, distribution of prasadam, and so forth. This is the system. They assist the other orders of life in the Varnashram system that are directly involved in pursuing spiritual life. Of course, the beauty of bhakti is that householders can also be directly involved in the culture of spiritual life because there's no restrictions. Whereas in Gyanamarg, for example, really the spiritual life begins with separation of men and women, practice of yoga and other spiritual practices. Bhagavad Gita says celibacy is required for the practice of yoga. So some people think that this is the weakness of bhakti, but actually this is its strength that Bhakti Devi is not dependent upon anything. She's self-supporting. Bhaktiya Sanjataya Bhaktiya. By bhakti one can get bhakti, not by any other means. If bhakti goes to our heart, whatever condition, then it is our good fortune we can take up bhakti. So householders can also take up bhakti. And here we have a good example of Advaita Charja. He was a householder. And he offered prasadam sumptuously to the deity, and here is the instance now he's feeding the sannyasis, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu. Tindhani bhog badaila samkori, Krishnira bhog badaila datu patrupari. All the foods prepared were divided into three equal parts. One part was arranged on a metal plate for offering to Lord Krishna. Prabhupada commented that the word badaila in this verse means increasing and the implication of its use here is that by offering the prashad to the deity it increased usually if you offer something to somebody they take it decreases but, but it increases in spiritual value Bhatisha atiya kalar angatiya pate duitani bhog balaila so of the three divisions, one was on, given on a metal plate that was offered to the deity directly, and there were two other plates in the same deity room, both on a plantain or banana leaves, two other meals, one on a metal plate and two on banana leaves. These leaves were not bifurcated, so they were the whole... Leaf. It's a big, if you've ever eaten off a banana leaf, it's very, very sattvic and environmentally uh, correct. <laughs> Better than gold plate, even brass, copper, steel. Better than all of these. So two meals were prepared on the plantain leaf or banana leaf and from banana trees that held <clears throat> at least 32 bunches of bananas. Those are big banana trees. <laughs> so the idea is with very big plates and very big portions were put on them. And what was put on them now, an elaborate description of those preparations follows. Madhipita, krita, shikta, shalyan er stupa, charidike, vyajan, tonga, harmugdasupa, the cooked rice was a stack of very fine grains, nicely cooked, 
and in the middle was yellow butter clarified from the milk of cows. Surrounding the stack of rice were pots made of the skins of banana trees, and these pots, in these pots were varieties of vegetables and mung dal. Sardraka, Vatsukashak, Bibida Prakar, Patola, Kushmandavadi, Manakachuk Ar. Among the cooked vegetables were patolas, squash, manakachu, and a salad made with pieces of ginger and various types of spinach. Chai, maricha shukta, diyashab, palmule, amrita nindaka, pancha vidat jale. They were shukta, bitter melon mixed with all kinds of vegetables. That is actually shukta. Explaining what shukta is, which defy the taste of nectar. There were five types of bitter and pungent shuktas. This is a famous preparation that Mahabhu cautioned his devotees not to shy away from. But here it's described as being sweet, like nectar, although it's bitter in tasting. We all tasted the bitter mellow shuktas. It's a required taste. Mahaprabhu liked very much. Komalanim patra sahabhaja bartaki patola phul bari bhaja kushmanda mana chaki. Amongst various vegetables were newly grown leaves of neem trees fried with eggplant. The fruit known as patola was fried with phulabari, a kind of dal preparation first mashed and then dried in the sun. There was also a preparation known as Kushmanda Manacheki. Prophet comments, we request our editors of cookbooks to add all these nice preparations. I guess the Jamuna Devi came closest to fulfilling that. I wonder if she... I should send her this note. She probably still has some service in regard to some of these preparations. Narakela Shasya Chana Sharkar Madura Mochaganda Dugdakushmanda Sakala Prachura. The preparation made with coconut pulp mixed with curd and rock candy was very sweet. There was a curry made of banana flowers and squash boiled in milk, all in great quantity. Maduramla Pada Amladi Pancha Chai Sakala Vyanjana Kaila Loke Yatahai. There are small cakes in sweet and sour sauce and five or six kinds of sour preparations. All the vegetables were so made that everyone present could take prashad. So there was enough of everything. Mugdabada, Kalabada, Mashabada Mishta, Chirpuli, Narikela, Yatapita Ishta. There were soft cakes made with mongdal, soft cakes made with ripe bananas, and soft cakes made with erdal. There were various kinds of sweetmeats. And condensed milk mixed with rice cakes, a coconut preparation, every kind of cake desirable. Batisha Atiya Kalar Dogdabadabada Chalehale Nahi Donga Atibadabada. All the vegetables were served in pots made of banana leaves, taken from trees producing at least 32 bunches of bananas. These pots were very strong and big and did not tilt or totter. Panchasa Panchasa, 
डोंग व्यंजने पुरीना थीन बोगेरा आशे पाशे रखीला धरीना All around the three eating places were hundred pots filled with various kinds of vegetables. So he's only mentioned a few, some of the highlights. Sagrita payasa navamrit kuntika barina tinpatre ganavartatugda raketa dharina. Along with the various vegetables was sweet rice mixed with ghee. This was kept in new earthen pots. Earthen pots filled with highly condensed milk were placed in three places. Dugda chida kala ardugda laklaki yateka karila taha kohite nashaki. Besides the other preparations, there were chipped rice made with milk and mixed with bananas and white squash boiled in milk. Indeed, it was not possible to describe all the preparations that were made. Dvipashe dharila shab mrit in two places there were earthen pots filled with another preparation made with yogurt, sandesh, and banana. I am unable to describe it all. Upon the stack of boiled rice and all the vegetables were flowers of the tulsi trees. There were also pots filled with Scented rose water. Tin shubrupita tar upari vasana. E rupi sakshat krishne kurail bhojan. There were three sitting places where soft cloths were placed. Thus, Lord Krishna was offered the foodstuff and the Lord took it very pleasantly. Aratira kale dui prabhu bolaila prabhu sangre savasi arati dekila. So it is customary that after the offering of the boga, then there is arati. So Advaita Charja invited the lords, Chaitanya Nitai, to come, please, with him and see the arati ceremony. Arati Koriya Krishna Karala Shayana Achajasi Prabhuritobe Kohila Nivedan. After the arati was performed, then the Acharya Advaita put the lord, the deity, to rest. And then he came out to make a request to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you come and take prasad. Now remember, he had already he invited Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to come on a plea of offering him a little bit of steamed vegetable and a palm full of rice. Now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come and seen a huge offering to the deity. He's very pleased to see this offering. But Advaita Charja wants to make him eat most of it and to have him acknowledge by such and through the arrangement that he's making that he himself is non different from the deity. Advaita said, My dear lords, kindly enter this room. So he's taking him into the room where the plates were placed for the deity. The two brothers, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Prabhu, came there and to partake of the prashad. Ukunda haridas tui prabhu bhulaila yodahate dui jan kohite lagila. Actually, they called Mukunda and Haridas. Please come with us and let's all take prashad. However, Mukunda and Haridas, they refused with folded hands and they spoke as follows. Mukunda kohimo rakichu 
কীর্তনহিসারে ফচিমুনি প্রসাদ পামু তুমি যাহা ঘরে মুকুন্দ সুবমিটেড I have something to do that is not yet finished. Later I shall accept Prashad, so you two Prabhus should now please enter the room. So they are understanding the mind of Advaita, what he has in mind, and cooperating. And Haridas, out of his humility, says, Haridas Kohe, Muni Popishta Adham. My position is Popishta Adham. I am most full of pop, sin, and very adham, fallen, lowest of persons. Bahira ek mushti pache karimo bojan. So, I should stay at a distance outside. Bahira ek mushti pache karimo bojan. Just take a little bit. So this was, of course, his standard. Haryastakur. And from this... Uh, that kind of activity got much attention from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. At the house of Advaita, there's another nice pastime involving the position of Haridas Thakur and the taking of prasadam during the Shraddha ceremony, which was conducted at Advaita's house for the deceased. It is said that during the Shraddha ceremony, the prasad that is offered will be given to the first topmost brahmana. So many brahmans were invited for the Shraddha, Haridas was always around the Dwaita. Anyway, so he was there. And while after the Shraddha ceremony, then amongst all the distinguished Brahmins who were present, there was kind of a internal quiet competition or conjecture as to who, which of them would receive, and each one thinking himself most worthy they had been invited just for that purpose. And their pride was smashed and they became actually outraged when Advaita Charja offered the prasad to Haridas Thakur. Very instructive. And he was a smart himself, Advaita, as will come up in this pastime here. He came from that kind of a, I should say, that kind of a lineage. And he was very, very pakka. And, and Haridas, of course, was from the untouchable class but he was a great devotee of the Lord. And by offering the prasad to a great Mahabhagavata, then benefit is much greater than offering it to a Brahman, however qualified he may be. So in this way, Haridastaka characterizes himself as sinful, fallen. He somewhat, uh, to some extent, maintained the... Uh, didn't go against the culture, the socio-religious systems of the time, even though Chaitanya Mahabhava was kind of revolutionizing the socio-religious system. He didn't entirely try to dismantle it because after all, it comes from the Lord, this system. And in the general sense, by following this system, one pleases the Lord because it originates in Him and the details of its adherence is given in the scripture. And it's not an arbitrary system by any means, as far as the different duties for the different classes of people. It's based on their psychophysiological makeup, which is largely a product of their previous birth. And, um, but not always. Or, well, 
Yes, it is, but because they're born in a particular family, they may have a better background than that family. That's always possible. Like Prahlad Maharaj, good example. Haridas Thakur, good example as well. And there's a sometimes a parallel is made between the two of them. Brahma Haridas or Prahlad Haridas, sometimes he's thought of. Brahma Haridas for his position as Brahma in offending Krishna's uh, and the cowherd boys when they were taking prasad. In fact, this particular pastime in the vision of Prindabandas Thakur, who is a great devotee of Nityananda Prabhu, he saw Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu taking prasad as they will, surrounded by other associates, as if it was Krishna and Balaram taking prasad in the forest. And Brahma at that time came, and that Brahma Vimohan Lila, and he came, he's called Vidhi, who follows all the rules very nicely. And there he saw Krishna putting food in his friend's mouth and taking it out and eating it and exchanging in this way and holding the rice and yogurt fruit in his left hand, thinking these people are very uncultured, uncivilized. That is said to be his aparad. So for that he had to take birth as untouchable, but in the Leela of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So anyway, he's present here. And as I say, he followed the system to some extent externally, although here and there it was crossed over, as in the case of, I mentioned, Advaita giving prasad to him to make a point. But they didn't try to disrupt the system altogether. After all, its abuse is one thing, but it has its application. It's the beginning of really a civilized kind of life. It's a very scientific system, and by following it in general, then one pleases the Lord. And... Krishna is explaining Bhagavad Gita following that means to execute one's prescribed duty with a mentality to please the Lord. So the heart of the social body, social religious body of Varnashram is the satisfaction of Hari, Sansidi, Hari Toshanam, the pleasure of Hari, is the criterion of perfection for all activity to the extent to which he's pleased. So he's pleased in a general way, just like in the United States or any country, let's take the United States, if a citizen is very law-abiding and follows the system, he pleases the president, the government. He may not be particularly singled out necessarily, or but um, if he follows the system, abides by all the laws and so forth, then in a general sense, he pleases the president, the leader. So, similarly, this is the system set up by the Lord, one who follows it very carefully and performs his own duty, even when there's defect in that, and there's defect in all of them, because the nature of karma is that it is defective activity. It has some fault in it, unavoidable in this world. But by performing that duty, according to the system that's prescribed for oneself, the Lord becomes pleased and one moves in the direction of faultless life. It means he moves in the direction of spiritual life. There's no morality in the socio-religious system is flawed. As perfect as the Varnashram is, it's a system for material life, which is a flawed type of existence. So it has its defect, but if it's adhered to properly, and it brings one in the direction of flawless life. Gradually. How does it do so gradually? Well, by pleasing the Lord, one gradually becomes 
gets more knowledge, comes to Nishkam Karma Yoga, performs his duty without attachment to the results, and it comes to Gyan, thereby knowledge. And also, in according to Bhagavad Gita, when he performs his duty properly with a mind to please the Lord, he moves naturally in the direction of bhakti. And, of course, bhakti is directly satisfying the Lord, getting his personal attention. And it's quite a jump from following the Varnashram system. So anyway, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't disturb it entirely. In fact, he adhered to it himself, in terms of ashram as a sannyasi, very strictly. At the same time, he's teaching that life is, spiritual life is about more than adherence to the Varnashram Dharma. So he rejects Varnashram Dharma in Ramananda Sambad in his conversation with Ray Ramananda, but you have to understand why he rejects it. He doesn't entirely reject it. But he says there's something more than that. Religious life is about something more than that. So when Krishna is summing up the Bhagavad Gita in the 18th chapter, when he starts to sum up the progressive development towards liberation, he starts with this, following the Varnashram system, performing one's prescribed duty, according to Varnashram, for the pleasure of the Lord. And on the other end, he ends up, Sarvadharman Purit Yaja Mam Ekam, Give up Dharma, he says. First he tells, follow this very strictly, and, and in the end he goes through a whole progression, and in the end he says what appears to be Adharma as the ideal. According to one's eligibility, then he'll be able to tread on the progressive path of spiritual life. So there's a place, the point is, for all these things. And we have to understand where one is in the whole system and preach to them appropriately. Of course, we advocate bhakti in general for everyone, but in the context of bhakti, which is the Paramahamsa Marg, we have to adjust according to the eligibility of the person. Therefore, the system of Daivavarnashram, for example, envisioned by Bhakti Vinod Thakur, instituted by Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur. So, Varnashram has its place. Haridas Thakur, appropriately in that sense, and appropriately also from a devotional sense, he showed extreme humility. Please, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, very much. What benefit he would get from that palmful of leftover prasad compared to barging in as somebody might say, I'm really a devotee, I come from a low class, but I'm a devotee, and devotees are higher than the Varnashram. And so you can see that the Sotsis of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they didn't think like this. They had a, a holistic understanding of the teaching. We get this in the West, came to us from Prabhupada, and oftentimes we see people are just not digesting the whole thing and understanding the whole system. What is renunciation? What is Varnashram? How it has, where it has its applications? People want to do Varnashram as if that's everything. That's the final prayojan of what Prabhupada taught. Institute the Varnashram. And some people want to say, who cares for Varnashram? We are all Rasik Bhaktis. <laughs> and so forth. So we see from Chaitanya Charitamrita, we should have a holistic outlook about all these things. Understand their place and where we are within it. This is important. 
Prabhupada comments in. Although Haridas Thakur was an exalted Vaishnava accepted by Advaita Charja, Nityananda Prabhu and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, nonetheless, in order not to disturb social tranquility, he humbly kept himself in the position of a Mohammedan outside the jurisdiction of the Hindu community. Therefore, he proposed to take prasad outside the house. Dui Advaita Charja then took Nityananda Prabhu and Mahaprabhu within the room, and the two lords saw the arrangement of the prasad. Mahaprabhu was especially very much pleased. So, Chatubhidhasri Bhagavat Prasada. Spiritual Master is pleased to see that the deity is being offered prasad and that the devotees are taking the remnants. Not because he gets something nice to eat, but that the Lord is eating nicely. This is the idea of prasad. And then the remnants go to the devotees. Aiche Anandye Krishnati Karai Bhojan Janme Janme Shire Dharan Tangharacharan. So this is a very nice benediction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He says, Aiche Anandye Krishnake Karyupojan. In this way, Aiche Anandye Krishnake Karyupojan. One who offers the boga for the enjoyment of Krishna, Janme Janme Shri Dharan Tanharacharan, life after life, I take the dust of their feet on my head, who can offer like this, make such nice offering. So, as Prabhupada used to say, it's very simple. Krishna consciousness, everyone has to eat, and everyone likes to eat nicely also. So prepare nice foods and offer them to Krishna. Again, this is the ideal householder situation. Everyone likes to eat nicely and everyone likes to wear nice clothes and everyone likes some form of entertainment. Music, dance, so forth. So everyone has to take a bath. And so you bathe the deity, dress the deity in nice clothes. You can go and shop to your heart's content. Hmm? Buy whatever nice things you like for the deity. And cook nicely, first-class preparations, offer them, and offer nice paraphernalia as well, incense and flower and so forth, and perform music and dance, all for Krishna. These are all natural human activities, tendencies, necessities even of life. We make them Krishna-centered. This is a very practical and very easy method. Although Krishna says, Patram pushpam palam to yom yom bhakta prayachati tadaham bhakti paritamashnami prayatatmana. In Bhagavad Gita, just offer me a leaf, a flower, a fruit. It's not that who has greater means should only offer that. It means that whatever your means are, materially speaking, that's not an impediment to your pleasing the Lord. Offer your heart. But if you have at your disposal considerable amount of resources, and you offer something very meager instead, then you're not offering your heart. So we should offer according to our means. And Advaita had considerable means. He was very wealthy, actually, Brahman. And so he offered according. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said like this, I take the dust of the feet on my head, life after life, of anyone who can make this kind of heartfelt and appropriate offering. 
So as I said, it's very simple. I was uh, traveling in Europe some time back. Last time I was there in France, and I was giving a talk to some devotees, and someone asked me what I was had been reading, and I told, to their surprise, I said I had been reading Kamuna's cookbook. <laughs> I had been reading and studying it, and I had just come from Vrindavan, and I was cooking the breakfast every morning for uh, Giriraj and studying the cookbook. So this is uh, was a surprise to everyone, but. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is explaining you this is an easy way to get his mercy. We don't have to be big scholars necessarily, but we should know how to cook. <laughs> Prabhupada used to call it sometimes a kitchen religion. So just by this simple activity, everyone has to be involved in to one extent or another. We can satisfy the Lord such that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, I take the dust of the feet of that person on my head, life after life, who makes this kind of offering. You see, it's not difficult to please Krishna. The actual procedure is very, very simple. We tend to be a little more complicated, especially if we have a little intelligence. We make the thing more difficult, and we think about it more than we do it. <laughs> we have to come to the point of, of getting tired of thinking about it. Of course, if we think about it to, to propagate it and so forth, that will help us, that will purify us, but not if at the same time we don't practice it. We can think about how to propagate it and spread it and so forth, but if we don't practice it ourselves, what everyone else will get it, what <laughs> we make plans for, and except for us, then what? And of course, practicing is the best kind of preaching because when people see that we actually have the kind of qualities and interest in all these spiritual practices that we talk about, and it's most compelling to them. And that is the very standard of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He said, Yadirachantisrestas, quoting Bhagavad Gita. The great man does, others will follow. Apaniachari Bhaktisikai So he taught by example. His lila is called Acharya Lila. Achar means behavior. He taught by his example, and that speaks very loud. As it said, example speaks louder than precept. So you should try to bring both together. That will be a very powerful combination. And the practicing side of it, is very easy actually and if we take a plunge so to speak into doing these things offering the arctic cooking and so forth and uh, chanting and reading and so forth we find that they're very satisfying our nature conditioning draws us away from that to a, a lower side but if we regularly practice these things then we find it in a very practical sense that they're very pleasing to the mind and and to the heart, and spiritually beneficial. So they're not hard to do. It's such a big and heady philosophy. Really, it is. I mean, I used to, I, I had read Prabhupada's books so many times, and I listened to every one of Prabhupada's tapes. At one point, I was completely current with every tape that Prabhupada had ever spoken. And there's a, there's a point, there's a stage in one's development where it's, he wants to like grab the whole thing in his head. And I got it. It's a dangerous stage because you can't. <laughs> the nature of it is such that you can't. If you're fortunate enough, you, you come to realize that. And what you have learned serves to fuel the bhajan. Like we've been talking a little bit on the top of the a little knowledge is useful in the beginning. 
A little knowledge may be one thing for Rupa Goswami, it may be a lot for us. If we know what is liberation, imagine what people are doing for this, going off, leaving everything, living naked in the Himalayas, these people, some of these uh, Nagababas and whatever, they want mukti, actually. They want liberation, and they understand what is the value of this. They're prepared to undergo any kind of suffering, bodily or mentally, to end all suffering. That's their tapa. It's sattvic outlook, because the nature of sattvic happiness is that it's not immediately pleasing. It's a long-run type of affair that ultimately ends all sorrow. And this thing being offered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, just by cooking a feast, <laughs> taking prasad and chanting, of course, doing it properly, conscientiously, sincerely, practices are much easier. So if we think about what is that mukti, what people are striving so hard for, very intelligent people, ganis, I mean, these are very, very bright people. Bright, I mean bright, practically. Practical and real intelligence. They're prepared to do anything, undergo anything, however many lifetimes it takes for this end. And this thing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was asking is offering as a byproduct of loving him. And if you hear about him, he's so lovable. Just for that reason alone, he's most merciful. Well, more than that, he's giving liberation and more love of God, that special kind of love of God, very extraordinary. So one has a little knowledge like this. It's, very, it's valuable to read these books and hear about this. And I think, my gosh, this is, in the real sense of the term, a golden opportunity that's come before us. Chidamarsha, like a golden mountain, standing high and erupting in lava, the love of God and pointing the direction to Krishna Leela. Go like this. And from the mountaintop, the lava is coming down and taking everything in its path and consuming it, including it, and gathering it up. So, very special opportunity. Such a, as I say, a heady, deep philosophy. Such a deep theology that it makes the ideal of Mukti seems simplistic in comparison. The Prem, the Prema Panchama Purusharta, the fifth goal of life, this Krishna Prema, it eclipses Mukti, the fourth goal, Dharmartha Kama and Moksha. After passing through Dharmartha Kama, one comes to Moksha, it's a big deal. This is real changing one's life categorically. But the Prema just obscures it at a certain point. It's of no consequence, even. Sangsara is not a problem. So, as I say, it's a very, very heady philosophy, but its application and means to realize it is so simple. The process is so simple. Offer a nice feast to the deity. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, I take the dust of your feet on my head, life after life. Prabhujan teen bhog krishnera naivedya mana when Mahaprabhu entered the room, he saw three divisions of food. He understood that all these were meant for Krishna. However, he did not understand the intentions of Advaita Charya. Prabhu Bale Bhuyashatine Koriye Bhajan Achaja Kohe Ami Koriva 
परिवेशन महाप्रभु सेड लेट सिट डाउन इन दीज थ्री प्लेसेज वी शुल टेक प्रसाद However, Advaita Charya said, "I shall distribute the prasad." So Mahaprabhu was thinking, "This is all offered to the deity." We'll sit down here and take his remnants. Konstani bhushiba ar andhipata alpokori anitahe deha vyanjan bhata. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu thought that all three servings were meant for distribution. Therefore, he asked for another two banana leaves, saying, "Let us have a very little quantity of vegetable and rice." As he had been invited to take in the first place, Acharya Kohi Vaishyadhanhe Pindira Upare Etabale Hatte Dari Vasaila Dunhare. Advaita Charya said, "Just sit down." Catching their hands, he sat them both down. Prabhu Kohi Sanyasiro Bhakshya Nahe Upakaran Iya Kohi Le Kohi Che Hoy Indriya Varan. Mahabhu said, "I am Sanyasi. I have to control my senses." It's improper for a sannyasi to eat all kind of palatable dishes like this. If he does so, how will he be able to control his senses? Acharya Kohi Chada Tumi Appanar Churi Amishab Jani Tomar Sannyasir Bhari Duri. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not accept the food that had already been served, the Dwaiti said, "Please give up your concealment. I know who you are, and I know the confidential meaning of your accepting the sannyas order." There's an ongoing competition between these two Prabhus, Mahaprabhu and Prabhu Advaita, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in which each tries to serve the other, and ultimately Advaita is successful. This is another instance of it. The more famous one is he used to teach Bhagavad Gita regularly and to get Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's attention and to establish in a powerful way that he was the actual worshipful deity of Advaita. And he, Advaita preached, Gyanmarg, as the ideal of Bhagavad Gita, rather than Bhakti Marg. And Mahaprabhu heard of it, came there and chastised and beat him. His wife had to pull him off, <laughs> and of course he was very happy to get beaten by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He said, "Now it's been established once and for all. You're the Lord, and I'm the servant." Advaita Charya thus requested Mahaprabhu to eat and give up juggling words. Lord replied, "I certainly cannot eat so much food." Acharya Bali, "Akapote karahar yadi kahite napar pote rahibe kar." Advaita Charya then requested the Lord to simply accept the prasad without pretense. If he could not eat it all, the balance could be left on the plate. Prabhu Bale eta ana nariba koite sanyasya dharma nahi uchistara kite. Again, this is the example of the devotees. We spoke about this other night. They didn't really like the sanyasa of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, if he insisted for the sake of dharma, then they would back off. But. Their tendency was to see him for who he was, rather than his artificial dress of a sannyasi, and uh, for the ploy of preaching. They didn't need to be preached to, <laughs> so they related to him as who he really was—the supreme lord, the supreme enjoyer. So Prabhu Bole Mahaprabhu said, "Eta anna nariba koite sannyasi dharma nahi uchistara kite." 
I will not be able to eat so much food, and it is not the duty of a sannyasi to leave remnants either. This is like, what are you talking about? In Nilachal, you are eating so much. Nilachali kau, choyunavar. So it's 54 offerings in Nilachal. You are eating your Jagannath. You're eating 54 offerings there every day. This is a morsel in comparison. Tinjanar bakshapin tumar ek grass. Tarle kai eyanav nahi panchagras. So, Advaita said, the amount of food that three people can eat does not constitute even a morsel for you. In proportion to that, these edibles are not even five morsels of food for you. More bhagye, more ghare, tomar agwaman, chardaha, chaturi prabhu, karaha bhojan. Advaita continued, by my great fortune, you have just come to my home. Please do not juggle words, just begin eating and do not talk. Saying this, the waiter supplied water to the two lords so they could wash their hands. They sat down and smiling began to eat the prasad. So we'll stop there tomorrow. We'll hear about the taking prasad and the um, glorious activities of Vajjananda Prabhu, who's a converse, a real contrast to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's external adherence to the sannyas dharma. Nityananda Prabhu wore his inside on the outside. So, here's something about the unorthodox behavior of Nityananda Prabhu that makes him a difficult person to understand and why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu therefore took, went to great lengths to point him out to the devotees because his activities made him, as I say, seem a little odd and uh, caused sometimes the devotees not to take him so seriously or, high, or regard him very highly. In fact, there'll be a fight we'll hear about tomorrow that goes on between Advaita and Nityananda. And some foolish people have concluded, because of this type of interaction between Advaita and Nityananda and other similar ones that we find in the Chaitanya Charitamrita and Chaitanya Bhagavat, that Advaita and Nityananda were at odds with one another, and in this way they become develop an offensive mentality towards Nityananda Prabhu, which is, uh, as Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami has pointed out earlier in Adi Lila, this is your spiritual ruination. So, and we will hear that tomorrow. Any questions this evening? Well, let's take Prashad. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami ki jai, si Bhakti Vedanta Sami ki papat ki jai, Bhakti Vedanta Sami ki jai, Bhakti Vedanta Sami ki jai, Okay, um...